to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my unusually tan co-host. Jessica. How's it going, Jessica? Good. Where did you pick up so much color? Well, yesterday we were at my parents' house and yes, I we was were. sitting we were sitting outside on the back porch while my dad grilled some chicken. And you and three burgers and all sorts yeah. of other food. Boy, do they put on a, a whole spread. They will make sure you're fed for sure. Oh yeah. Um you three They're took, not even Italian and they I do know. that. You three picked the chairs in the shade, and that left me with the chair in the sunshine. And I think that well, I was sitting I was, in it. I was in the shade by the time the sun came to that side of the house. I had gone inside to watch the Florida yeah. State game. Um, and I think I was in that spot for about 30 minutes, and that was enough for me to get some nice color. First, <laughs> yesterday, it was, it was quite pink yesterday. So Well, you're not pink anymore. You've got a tan. That's yeah. so rare for you. It is. It's weird. But it's, you know, it's nice. Because yeah. it's the end of the summer, so it's nice just, just to just in time a for bit. fall. Yeah, it's my fall tan. It'll fall last for tan. like a whole two and a half days. Hey, Miss Fall Tan, what are you drinking tonight? Mm. Or actually, this morning, I am having ice water with lemon lime mio in it. Ooh, anything else in there? No. Why not? I might have had a lot of whiskey last night. Why? That's why. Why? Um, anything going on last night besides hanging out at your parents' house? <laughs> And the Florida State game was yesterday. It was. Yeah. So pulling back the curtain a bit, we are recording this on Labor Day on Mm -hmm. a Monday. So you didn't have work. I didn't have work. work. Yay. Yay. Let's record this. Last night, we were up very late for the Florida State Notre Dame football game, which by the time this posts, it'll be long ancient history. All the talking heads have done all their commentary on the game. Oh, I, I will say as a Florida State alum... As a Florida State fan, I have not had a Florida State game like that where it caused the adrenaline to go on the edge of my seat, nail biter like that in quite a while. Usually it's like, well, I'll watch for a while until we're completely blown out. And then it's like, well, OK, I'll go find something else to do or the <laughs> kids are making noise. They can turn on cartoons or something. <laughs> that was, you know, and even when we were down by 18, I'm like, well, maybe I don't know. There's a lot of time left. Some might say, you know, even when you're. It's the third quarter and it's fourth and two. Maybe you shouldn't go on, go for it on your own 30, but or ice your own kicker. Yeah, it was uh, it wasn't pretty, it but was it was not. entertaining and it was fun. And we were up late. The whole family was up late. Yep. Cheering on the Seminoles. Um, sure. Yeah. What well, the kids were. I had <laughs> kid four in my lap. <laughs> what are you drinking over there? Coffee. What's in your coffee? Uh, sugar-free simple syrup mm-hmm. with like uh, see I have a chocolate hazelnut and caramel mixed in and that's it so nothing fun over there for you either nothing fun because I got to do today there's yard work there's it's draft week for the hockey league so of course that's a whole week of build up and work for me and on top of all the th- prep work that goes into it there's the uh, the stupid questions that come in like back when I taught you know when we teach undergrads it's like and especially coaching young kids, it's always ask. There's no such thing as a stupid question. But as you get to the upper, like junior, senior level and graduate level, you do tell the students there is such thing as a stupid question. It's one you should already know the answer to. And the stupid questions are coming in where people are asking questions. It's like, I know you get my emails because you reply to them and comment at them. That question has been answered like three times in my emails in the past month. And along from the rink owner and everyone, like, is registration open yet? As you're like about the uh, the sign up process for the kids, it's all on the same website. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. 
and then going on and on. I'm like you should you should change that website and that sign up form. It's like I don't work at the rink. I volunteer <laughs> my time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll get right on that, especially draft week. Or are draft blocks allowed? Oh, I just uh, I could go into it. And actually, we'll probably do an episode about being commissioned another time. But I don't want to suck up time on this. Cheers. Cheers. Yay. <laughs> there's Maybe, not a good segue away from that. There's not. I might be a little moody yet from uh, I got so many Notre Dame fans in my family. <laughs> and like my mom talking about smack and. Yeah, like, you said by the time this posts, everyone will have forgotten about it, except for Notre Dame people. They will continue well, to rub it in our faces. Say they'd forget for the rest forget of the about season. it. But <laughs> the talking heads and most people had said their piece in their recap on the game, so it won't be topical. But yes, we'll be hearing about this for the years to come because the like, years to come. My sister went to Notre Dame. My other sister's husband went to Notre Dame. We have lots of friends that went to Notre Dame. My parents wrote lots of checks to Notre Dame <laughs> and have been Notre Dame fans, those pesky Catholics, mm. for a long time. And then there's you and me who are Florida State alums, and we've got other friends, lots of friends who are Florida State alums. We have some other houses of split loyalty, like Kid One's godmother Yep, went to St. Mary's across the street from Notre Dame, so essentially Notre Dame. And her husband went to Florida State. Yeah. Definitely a house divided. Definitely there. a house divided. Of course, <laughs> Kid One's godfather went to Florida State. Yep. So. Good times. Good times. Yay. All right. Let me sip my coffee. Well, because we run the risk of like being crabby today because we were up late and we're tired and old and yeah, you're doing a little pin chance. And also because our team lost. <laughs> I don't give a about that. I know you don't. <laughs> but actually, it was a great game. I mean. An unranked team took the number nine team in the country deep, and you're already getting bored. So let's just dive into our topic. <laughs> We're going to do some segue music, but we got a fun topic, a family-friendly topic. Uh, Jessica, in addition to being a board-certified behavior analyst with a CV a mile long, yeah, yep. and having a very low certification number that makes everyone, you know, it's like having the license plate number one. Or, okay, it's not that low. What's your phone number? Well, it's like two digits. You know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that's how that's how the uh, behavior analysts at your company treat you because they're all like 12 years old. Yeah. I mean, we are they're, at the age babies. now where everybody's like, you know, if they're younger than us, they're 12. <laughs> so, uh, but aside from that, you got a side hustle you've been doing for quite a while. You're a photographer. You're a very Yay. good photographer. You've got great skills. Uh, unfortunately these days because the behavior analysis work and we've got four kids, things have gotten so busy. You've actually, uh, put your photography work on hiatus Yes, and have had to turn down senior clients who are coming back like, yeah, we'll get Jessica Tomasi to do, do our photos. Um, and you just, I can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, you, and not only is it, it's not just the time for the photo shoot, but the post editing work you do, the cleanup. I mean, I don't know any other local photographers looking at their photos who will take the time to not only remove people in the background because you don't want somebody from, you know, Indiana and, you know, Moo Moo and some sort of weird bikini and smoking a cigarette in the back of your senior photos. But like you remove the debris that washes up on the beach. I do. I don't like to see all the crap in the sand. I want it to be nice and pretty and clean for my clients because these are pictures they're going to have forever and I want them to be the best that they can be. So I spend a significant amount of time photoshopping things in or for photoshopping things out. Yeah. But it is time consuming. That's the thing. Like there's all of the time spent prepping the client before the actual photo shoot. We're picking out outfits. We're discussing locations. I'm 
talking about hair and makeup and things to do in the coming days before, like start applying chapstick for the first for like the two weeks before your photo shoot so that I am not having to edit out little flakes of skin on your lips, things like that. And then there's the actual photo shoot, which can be anywhere from an hour to two hours long or longer, depending on how well it's going or how badly it's going. I don't know. Um, And then there's at least 40 hours afterwards where I am photoshopping and cleaning things up and making those photos nice and gorgeous for my clients. So lots and lots of time that I just... I don't have right now because I'm working anywhere between 10 to 12 hour days at work and then I come home and I want to be with you. I want to be with our kids and it just doesn't leave time for photography right now and that is sad. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Actually, it is sad. Uh, Are you doing our Christmas photos this year? I am. Well, that's our topic for tonight. We're actually, we're going to do a photography topic. Woohoo! So this is going to be a very Jessica-centric episode. Because as you've gone on hiatus, I become the the the, the bad <laughs> photographer in the family with my <laughs> photos. They're uh, not all. <laughs> they're not. Uh, some most of my camera ones are now. If I really really try, uh, I have an eye. Yeah. And I've had training both through many art classes and then engineering and graphic design classes. But I don't have the skill set to manipulate the devices like you do. And you just not only do you have the eye, the the mental picture of what you want, you have the skills uh, and know the techniques to then use the device and make that come to life. And that's something that not only did I lack, a lot of people lack. For sure. It's, and a, I mean, there's a learning curve with it. And, and there's a lot of little things you can do to improve that. So this episode is going to be tips from the photographer. And we're going to make it a family photos edition. So let's play some Segway music and we'll dive into it. Ready, Jessica? Ready. So tonight we've got two top 10 lists, all family photo related, from a professional photographer. We're going to do top 10 tips for picking locations for family photos, which is a major part of the battle because Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's your backdrop. Yep. And then we're also going to do top 10 tips for better photos. Yes. And that's for doing your own photos too, right? Yeah. Because especially if you're doing, you've got a family and depending on the size of your family, you've Mm -hmm. got a budget. You can't be doing professional photography or professional hiring a professional photographer every month. You cannot. You could. I mean, kudos to you because that'd be awesome. I wish I could do that. I cannot. But it's a kind of DIY hacks. Absolutely. I mean, so you can get all those photos all the time. Mm-hmm. If you have a camera phone, like a smartphone with a camera on it, you can take your own family if you photos. Have a phone these days. I mean, well, some people don't have cameras on their phones. But the majority of people with a cell phone these days have a yep. camera on it, mm-hmm. and they're getting really good. They are. You can do lots of amazing things, and the prints will actually turn out really well from just a camera phone picture. So awesome, sweet. Mm-hmm. And we should probably put in here at some points. So we'll just do it right now. I mean, not only are you a professional photographer, I'll be on hiatus at you know within the past few months, mm-hmm. but uh, you specialize in natural light photography. So you don't have the studio with all the lights cooking your your clients and everything. 
You yeah. go out in the world. You work with the the natural light that's there, the sunlight as it's coming through the trees or the grasses or whatever, or bouncing off the buildings. You handle what the world throws at you. You're not going out with giant strobes nope. and flash bulbs and everything and augmenting it. It's it's what they what's there. Yep. So just putting that in there. But let's start out with the uh, locations because you know location, location, location. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's just it makes the photo just as interesting as the people in it and what they're wearing and how they're posing and all that fun stuff and everything you do with the camera. So Jessica, top ten locations for family photos. Number one, what do you've got on your list? It's the beach, and it's not just so you think about taking family photos on the beach and you think, okay, we're gonna go stand in the sand and we get some water in the background and. Some sand in the foreground, and that'll be it, right? We'll stand there with like the flowy linen shirts and tan pants, and yeah, shirts. And the guys will have their shirts unbuttoned to like their belly button. Do Don't the forget fa- the Hawaiian shirts, the Fabio pose, and maybe we'll have the wind blowing through their hair, right? So all and of so that wind changes direction, and the hair's going in your face and in your mouth, and you're like, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So all of that, but also let's think about what else the beach has to offer. So you can have that picture that we just described. But also, like... <laughs> the one I described is pretty awful. No. and <laughs> The one where you've got the water in the background and sand in the foreground and you're just, like, on the beach. Yeah. Um, but you can squat down, like, have your family sit in the sand so that the sand takes up the majority of the photo. Or maybe you guys go and stand in the water so that you've got the sky and the water and hardly no sand in the picture. Um a lot of beaches have dunes. Go and sit in the dunes. Sit in the grass. Get those grassy pictures. They're really, really nice. They're pretty. Um, if you are lucky enough to have a beach with a pier, go on the pier. Or, or a dock. Yeah, do a dock. Get the boats in the background. Um, or if you guys have the, the right kind of pier, you can actually go under the pier and take those really awesome pictures with the waves crashing in and the... Pylons? Yeah. In the background. As you're moving, and, your, and moving like, your hands, you know, the like perspective. Yeah. Yes, thank you, perspective. That's the word. Um, so there's, I'm just trying to help because it's an audio-only podcast. <laughs> no. So there's like a lot, of, a lot of things that you can do at the beach. Don't limit yourself to just, okay, water in the background and sand in the foreground and there, there we go. Um, don't, don't do that. Use every aspect of that beach and sometimes shoot high and sometimes shoot low and yeah. I mean, now we're really fortunate here in, in Michigan and especially in Southwest Michigan. We live on the Sunset Coast. We have dunes. We've got Lake Michigan right there. We have all the little inland lakes. But what do you do if you're not within driving distance of one of the Great Lakes? Um, so it doesn't have to be a beach. You can go to a river. You can go to a lake, a pond, a stream. Oh my gosh. Stream photos are so much fun because you can a hop. Babbling brook? Yeah. Or teeny tiny waterfalls. Um, if you. Koi pond work? Mm-hmm. So really we're talking about, uh, shoreline with water in the picture. Yeah. Could you put your toes in wherever? Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually. Actually, what would be funny would be the little plastic kiddie pools. <laughs> like. <laughs> Target. Or well, I mean, depending on what kind of family photo you're taking, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be funny. It would be funny, which makes for a good photo. Photo because everybody will be having fun and really excited to be doing it. So, yeah, do it. Awesome. <clears throat> Anything else you want to add for beach? And in beach, we're going with the shoreline of water. No, but beach rolls off the tongue a lot better than coastal shoreline, <laughs> river bank, stream bank, creek. No, I think I think that about covers it. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Number two on your top 10 list of locations for family photos. A local park. So there's, you know, a parks and rec department for every single, I don't know, city. Municipality. Yeah. Like there are local parks in your area. Go out into the world and explore them. They are often very, very beautiful. They have lots of hidden little gems in them. Like um, the big, um, you'll have the big giant trees that will explode in color. Or if you're in the south, I'm looking at you, Florida, you will have the great big, I don't know what kind of trees there, but they have the big giant limbs that will reach down to the ground that you can sit on. And also they've got the Spanish moss in the background and hanging from the trees, which can make for really interesting and fun backgrounds. Um, the palm trees, the sable palm, the yeah. state tree of Florida. Sure. Watch out for those bugs, though. Um if you don't have a park like that, but you have a playground, go and hop on the playground equipment and take really goofy pictures that way. It's a lot of fun. Especially I've done the ones that look like a, a hemisphere yeah. of like a grid of metal bars mm -hmm. you can climb up. Put yep. the kids up top, have the parents down below. Yep. I shot senior photos on one of those actually last year, and those pictures turned out great, and he had a blast doing that. Um Look for lots of trees in the area. Trees in the background is always really pretty, um, especially in the fall. Look for different types of grass that you can sit in. Um, creeks and little streams, lakes, all can be part of your local park system. So go and explore them. Or like woods with ravines. It looks really cool if you're on the edge of the ravine and you there's like lots of things in the background. You've got it kind of implied here, but it's worth noting. Don't trespass. No. Which is why you're great You to do something that your municipality puts up because it's generally free. There might be a ticket booth on the way in, but don't mm -hmm. go walk on someone's private property because that's nope. just asking for trouble. And you want to create great family mem memories, not the kind where like, remember when the uh, the dude with the shotgun came running out of his house and chased us off his property? <laughs> also, um... With taking photos at parks right now, a big trend in photography is to, like, have your hands out and then you're blowing confetti or something because it looks pretty cool in the photos. Um, don't do that in the local parks. And if you're going to do that, please stay and pick up your confetti because what's winding up happening is the people that are in charge of the parks are getting very upset by all of the litter and they're actually closing parks to photographers throughout the country. So please be respectful of what you're doing in those parks or any of these locations, rather. Handheld um, dustbuster or something. Yeah. Or you can actually make your own confetti out of leaves. Ooh. So get like a little. Natural. Mm -hmm, yep. Get a little hole punch and punch out a bunch of little circles out of leaves and then blow those. And then you don't have to worry about cleaning it up because it's leaf matter. It's going to be fine. Great activity for the kids to get them more involved and more invested mm -hmm. in the process and also, probably more interested in the actual photo shoot. Works on fine motor skills, so that's fun too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you were listing off all the local parks and everything, does that also, I am assuming, apply to botanical gardens? Absolutely. You might have to pay a fee. Um, but if you are just taking photos of your own family with like a cell phone or something, you probably won't have to. But do, if you're doing that, do be respectful of everybody else that's coming to the botanical garden to take their own photos of the flowers or to just enjoy the scenery without like mom waving her arms in the background trying to get everybody to look at the camera at the same time. I think something that adds to this too is we're starting to see definitely in our part of Michigan, but also I know it's a trend across the country, are linear parks. I have no idea what a linear park is. It is a non-motorized trail, uh, bike trail, walking trail, 
hiking trail. And a lot of them have that nice canopy road look to it. Yeah. So it creates those the the depth uh, in the photo mm-hmm. where you're in the foreground and it just goes on behind you. Yeah. And especially if you catch it when the leaves are changing color and everything. Oh, it'll it's be gorgeous. Gorgeous. Or everything's in bloom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So that was number two. Number three. Fall trees. Like it's the quintessential. Did I just spoil that one for you? It's- I'm not paying attention to no, the notes you left me. No, it's totally fine. It's a nice little segue. Okay. Um, but really, the quintessential family photos is fall trees, right? Um, you get the pretty colors in the background. You get to wear the jewel tones in your pictures. Um, You're yeah. not sweating bullets. I don't know. It's you might near be. holiday time, but to get done in time and get them back in time to then put them out in your Christmas cards or holiday cards or Hanukkah cards or New Year's cards or whatever you do, Kwanzaa cards. Middle of March cards because you Festivist forgot Christmas cards. cards. Are Festivus cards a thing? Okay, sure. They should be. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just go and find, you can explore the local parks, find one with lots of different types of trees in it, and then, you know, when the time is right, <laughs> take your family <laughs> and go and- <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, the, the stupid videos we had to watch when oh we were God. about to have kid one. And, like, the one my, my brother and his wife, uh, they had their their daughter a year before we had ours i swear the videos that he was making fun of it but the videos must have been sponsored by boston market for sure because every time she was like and whatever video was it was like it's time and then they would go to boston market and eat and then they would go to the emergency room to have labor and delivery and have a baby but it was just like when you said <laughs> please don't die I'm trying really hard not i know you're laughing so hard about the it's time. It's time to have the baby. The time is right. <coughs> Let's go to Boston Market first. <coughs> by the way, we're not sponsored by Boston Market, but oh we still God. make fun of those stupid videos that he had to watch. And of course, the other ones we watched were like one of them were like the doctor standing in the doorway and the baby's already like he's like, I think it's time to have a baby. Like, no kidding. The baby's like halfway out. Yeah, those videos are- and the doctor was wearing big old cowboy boots because it was made in Utah. <coughs> yeah. Anyway. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. <clears throat> so speaking of fall. Yeah. So go and find the place that's going to have the trees and take your photos there. But also, if you are lucky enough to live in a place with mountains or really, really high hills, you can incorporate that, especially if they are covered in trees with fall colors. Like that's going to look amazing in your photos. If you don't have a park that has access to fall colored trees, Drive around on some roads. Find like an empty, I don't know, like, never mind. That one's, we're not going to trespass. Yeah, we're not trespassing, so never mind. Yep. Groovy. So we have we have beach, shoreline, coastal stream, riverbank type thing. We got local parks, mm-hmm. uh, which led into areas with fall leaves, fall colors, which also actually the back to school shopping that matches all the colors that are in the stores right now, too, fits very well. But that's all kind of like country, nature, everything else. Jessica, what's your number four tip? Urban areas. Oh my gosh, do I ever love taking photos in an urban area. For this, you'll need to go to like an older part of town or an older city that's got lots of buildings that maybe are being renovated or some of them might be falling down. Really old, you're looking for really old brick or or really unusual building architecture or things what are why are you smiling creepily at me shiplap okay yeah actually you want to find some shiplap because it looks really nice in the background of the photos um 
it's <clears> like the HGTV um, drinking game. Every time somebody says shiplap, take a shot. And if you're watching Fixer Upper, you're, you're going to die. Very, yeah. <laughs> completely smashed you, by the end of the you show. You will die of alcohol poisoning. <clears throat> Old brick roads are really fun. You can have your kids um, sort of like kneel down on the on the road and take the photos from above so that have all lookouts you, and hopefully yeah you want to do that don't get run over by a car <clears throat> ivy co- covered walls are really really fun especially if you've got like some ivy and some brick or some metal like you get a combination of both in the same frame um old stairs especially the old metal ones are really fun interesting brick alleyways oh my gosh if you can find an awesome alleyway and you get the time of day just right your light in that alleyway is going to be amazing for your photos what about old buildings with like old wooden siding where yeah. the, the wood or the, the paint is starting to peel and yep. ship? I mean, also beautiful. Watch out for little kids because that's probably leaded paint. But I'm like Debbie Downer on this episode, you apparently. Are. But I'm trying to like also cover our ass a little bit. Well, definitely don't let your kids eat the paint, especially in an old crappy part of town. To be fair, even if it's latex paint, lead free latex paint, uh, don't let your kid eat no, the paint chips. We're not eating paint. Look when you're in the Airbnb area. Like you definitely want to go and do a little bit of exploring before you bring your entire family to go and take these photos. Um, plan out the spots that you want to <clears throat> that you want to shoot at. Um, look for those interesting details that'll make for really unique backgrounds and and utilize those in your photos in this particular spot. I think the phrase we're going for is visually intriguing. What else do you got for urban areas? That's pretty much it. Okay. So that was number four. So number five. Number five is sunflower fields. And what about sunflower fields? They're gorgeous for photos. Um, So this is going to take a little bit of prep work beforehand if you're wanting to do this. You're going to need to look up your local farms. And specifically, you're going to need to find out, are they even growing sunflowers? And if they are, when is the expected bloom date? Um, also find out if they have different crops of them. I know that the local farm that I really like using is Thistleberry Farm um, in Indiana. They have a couple of different sunflower crops that they grow throughout the summer and then one in September that blooms and it's gorgeous. So pretty. Um, so you're going to want to find out the months of the, the expected months that they'll bloom. So those who aren't in tune and don't have a green thumb... There's multiple rounds of those. Like if a yeah. farm is doing it, assuming they're still planting, it's not one and done for the year. Well, I mean, some of them are. But it's not like the cherry festival in D.C. where oh. like, you either catch the cherry bloom or you're yeah. you're out of luck. This is potentially mm-hmm. one farm could have, you know, a like a midsummer bloom and then those go away. And then there's a September bloom and you've got a, a few opportunities at some, these locations who do this. Yes. Also, when you're scouting out potential uh, farms for this, you need to find out about their entrance fees. Um, if there's a fee for taking pictures, and you're you're gonna want to take sunflowers home because they're fun and they look great inside of houses on your kitchen tables and whatnot. We well, um, want some for a prop too for your photo. Absolutely, you are. So find out what the fee is for cutting stalks, and also the hours of operation because not all of them are open morning sunrise to sunset. So. You want to make sure you are aware of that. So, also, no trespassing. Um, 
pay to get into the farm. Don't just show up and decide, oh, there's some pretty sunflowers. I'm just going to snap a few photos. Like, don't do that. The farmers get really upset about it. Don't piss off the farmers. Say a little tangent about farmers. Like, I grew up, my grandpa had a farm. And so we're, I, I understand it. I appreciate what everything they go through. But uh, I got into a kind of new guilty pleasure. So Jeremy Clarkson, who was top gear. The original Top Gear from England, you know, the guys who go oh. do goofy car mm-hmm. things around the world. Then they did uh, Grand Tour on Amazon when they left the BBC thing. He's got this sideshow. He had bought a farm, I guess, in 2008, and he decided uh, his guy who ran it for him was retiring. He's like, oh, I can do this. I can run the farm. But it's a great insight of all the farmers go into, all the money they have to invest, all the planning. And then they also have to hope that weather works out and everything else works out and then trying to get a return on their investment. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of this tangent is, you know, these farmers are growing this as a business. Yes. Uh, don't just go and take advantage of them going, oh, it's out in nature. No, it is a farm. You wouldn't walk into a factory and go, give me a free car off the uh, the GM assembly line. Don't walk out on the farm going, give me free, you know, free access. I'm going to take photos in front of this and I want to grab product that yeah. they're growing. Don't do that. So anyway, that was that was all I had to say about that. Awesome. You did this, uh, you took Kid One off to a, a sunflower field for a photo shoot with her and one of her friends a while back. Yeah, that I was, did. Geez, pre-COVID. Was that 2018, 2019, somewhere in there? Sure. But they had a blast. They had so much fun. We put them in the flowy dresses and they like coordinated their outfits together, which I was not expecting, but it's nice that they did that. And we just, we paid the fee, went in. Uh, they um, Thistleberry actually gives you cutters when you go into the field so that you can cut your own flowers. Um, and they, they teach you how to do that correctly so you're not going to damage the field. Um, but they basically turn you loose and they're like, yeah, pick a spot, take all the photos you want. We have different photo props set up for you so you can take advantage of those. Or if you don't want to, like you can bring your own stuff with you. So I had like a wooden stool that I had the girls use for posing and I had my reflector and all of my gear and everything. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. And those pictures turned out amazing. You had awesome light that night. One of my favorite photos from that shoot though is kid one holding a sunflower in front of her face and her eyes are peeking out from behind it. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's just, yeah. I desperately want to take everybody else to the, the sunflower fields and take photos of them. I don't know that the boys will co- cooperate as much, but they would be. Well, pretty. that's true for any location. <laughs> very good point. Yes. Anything else on sunflower fields? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. All right. We're halfway through our top 10 list of uh, tips on locations. So number six. Number six sort of goes along with the sunflower fields, but it's a little bit different. Orchard, vineyards, and hops farms. Hops. Hops. Again, do not trespass. Get permission from the farmers before you go and take photos in their fields um, because they will be seriously pissed at you if you do it without permission. Don't do that. Um, so orchards, you can take your photos in the spring because they have the rows and rows of gorgeous trees that are going to have those pretty springtime blossoms. And they look amazing in family photos. In the summertime, you can use the um, the orchards for the, the pretty green leafy photos on the trees, as well as um, if you do in the vineyards, you'll have all those pretty grapevine leaves as well. But Well, and also both because the orchards are in rows and obviously the vineyards are in rows. Yeah. You get that visual effect. Yes. 
You get a very it nice sucks perspective. You, sucks you into the photo. Depending on how you arrange your photo, it will it will draw you right in or leave you wanting more or whatever. Um, if you are doing this in the fall, you'll want to go to the vineyard in the fall because then you get the grapes in the photos. Don't eat the fruit. Plus, it smells amazing. Yep. Same thing in the fall at the orchards. Um, often, you know, if you've got apple orchards, you're going to have apples galore in the fall. Actually, going while you're apple picking and taking family photos during that is lots of fun. Can make for a really fun memory as well as great photos. Um, but Plus again, you go home with apples. Yeah. Make sure that you're not eating them there, though, and you're paying for whatever it is that you might want to take home. Um, and then hops look really cool when they're all filled in and leafy and they're coming down and they're V and you can so frame things very nicely that for way. For people who don't know, hops are, it's an ingredient when you're making beer, sometimes mm-hmm. also for cider, other things. And it grows on these vines. And usually what they do is it looks almost like a giant telephone pole or a caber that they've pylon, they put into the ground, they run wires across the top and this vine goes high up into the air. And so they're growing on these, these vines mm-hmm. vertically, almost like, think about like, uh, a vineyard grapevines on steroids now like what 20 feet in the air yeah yeah instead of being a grapevine which the the posts are only up to about waist level mm-hmm. maybe mid chest on a taller one and they come by and they pull them off and then they pull off these little they almost look like little tiny pine cones and then they'll shred them and compact them and they put them in the beer it was a, a natural preservative way back when and it adds flavor and if you like ipas they're loaded up with hops Hops. We like saying hops because of super bad. Super bad. There's lots of hops. <laughs> We've got a lot of hops farms around us, mm-hmm. and they're really cool to look at. And you know, they make for a great background. Just make sure you get permission before you go pose in front of them. Exactly. This is also great. You know, one, it's great for family photos. But let's say you're a couple without kids and you love some beer. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if you're a, a wine couple, go stand in front of the grapes. If you're yeah. a beer couple, go stand in front of the the hops. Take props. Use beer them. steins. Exactly. Take beer steins. Take, I don't laser know. Laser hosen. Dress you, in I the would laser. say take beer, but if you're doing your own family photos, probably should use applesauce, or applesauce, apple juice in place of <laughs> beer so beer. that you can, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> it's a beer slushy. Okay. Anyways, the point is take props to your locations to really bring, bring the whole thing together. Oh my god! If you get, you do the the later hosen with the what is it the little Swiss Miss hot chocolate outfit really which okay. is like beer fest, but you can get it. There's your Oktoberfest photo in front of the hops. Mm-hmm. Yep, hops. totally fun. Yeah, Jessica, what is number seven on your top ten tips for locations for family photos? It's bridges. I love a good bridge in a photo. <laughs> I really do. Um, there's lots of like funky old bridges that are hiding in forests here in our area. And I like, honestly, I there's a lot of covered bridges, but even like little ones, right? Yeah. Um, I like stomping off into the forest and like coming upon these bridges. And I think that that's a really fun thing to do. Um, and I also like taking my kids and putting them on these bridges, assuming that they're safe. I test it first before I stick my children on it or anywhere near it because I don't want anyone to get hurt. Um, but I like incorporating those into the photos. If you have a newer bridge, a lot of them, there there are some some newer bridges that have really like big curves um, to them because they go up. Vertical and then, curves. Yes. I mean, because there are ones that have lateral curves, too. That are yeah, those really are pretty cool, cool too. Um, there is a walkway where that happens 
in a neighboring town. We were down in Greenville, South Carolina, visiting friends once, and it was a cool walking bridge, but mm-hmm. also it had kind of a, it had a curve to it. Yeah, a lateral curve versus the mm-hmm. the vertical curve of mm-hmm. a hump. Yep, you can incorporate those curvatures into your photo um, depending on how you arrange your frame, your settings for everything. Um, also, if you're lucky enough to live like in... What, what are some examples of that you could do? Um, so you can put them down low and have the curve in the background. You can put them up on top of the curve and have the foreground being mostly a bridge, so your eye leads up to it. I really like taking my seniors and putting them along the rails of the curve and then adjusting my frame so that they're either at the top corner or the bottom corner, either at the top corner or the bottom corner, depending on what I'm looking for. You can have them sort of standing sideways, but out, depending on how wide the bridge is. If it's a narrow bridge, this isn't going to work. But if it is a wider bridge, you can have them farther away from the rails in the background and you can blur them out that way. And so you get this really nice um, color gradient in the background. And in terms of materials, we've got stone bridges, we've got wooden bridges, we've got steel bridges. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of different bridges to choose from. Um, You could also, if it's a smaller one have the bridge in the background like an arch yeah. and actually be on whatever. I mean, obviously it's probably over a stream a road or something, mm-hmm. but be down on the below. And so you've got that behind you. Yeah. Almost like definitely. a rainbow behind you. It's a rainbow. Um, that would be cool. A rainbow of earth tones. Yes. Um, you can, if you are lucky enough to live in an area where there are covered bridges, like think Beetlejuice, the bridge that they fall off of, or Bridges of Medicine, Medicine County. County, but I like Beetlejuice. So that's the example I'm going with. Um, Take advantage of those because, again, depending on the time of day, you can have really, really gorgeous light um, filtering through those bridges. You want to take advantage of that. Also, they just look really cool in photos. Well, and depending on how it's set up, it also gives you a tunnel. <clears throat> exactly. So You yeah. can play with the light with that. Yep. Lots you can do with bridges. Something to keep in mind with bridges. Often, train tracks will be involved with bridges. I cannot stress this enough. Do not ever take photos on train tracks. Never Ever, ever. Uh, caveat on that. If they're not active trailer tracks, like I'm, if they're not connected not to anything. talking about the decommissioned train tracks. Yeah, those are the perfect ones to do it on. Absolutely. But if they're live train tracks, just don't do it. Don't do that. It's not worth the risk. Um, both the financial risk, because if a police officer sees what you're doing, you will get hit with a fine. Um, also... God forbid something terrible happens, like your foot gets stuck in the uh, tracks and you can't get it out and here comes a train. Like this is something that happens every single year. You can Google fatalities during photo shoots on train tracks. You'll get a good amount of stories and it's just, it's not worth it. Fortunately, there are places if you are just dead set on, no pun intended there, uh, on having those railroad photos, there are locations around the country where they've decommissioned the line and they've got a few, you know, like a hundred yards to a quarter mile or something of railroad tracks that are there that are just not connected to anything on either end. Mm -hmm. You can then get your railroad photos without any hope of a actual train running you over. But do you really need to? It's awfully cliched at this point. At this point it is. Use your imagination. Find something better than railroad tracks for that perspective. Find bridges. Find bridges. That's right. Find bridges. And if you don't want to do bridges, just what is number eight on your list? Graffiti walls. Woo. Find a good. So this ties along with the urban areas because 
probably if you're going for a graffiti wall, you're going to be in a more urban area. Maybe. Bigger city. Well, I cannot think of any graffiti walls in our tiny little podunk You've town. never seen graffiti on the side of a barn? Here? No. Oh, well, you need to get out and ride your bike more this summer. Oh, anyway. Too late now. Summer's over. Anyway, graffiti walls. And it doesn't have to be Banksy art. No. Um, there's a lot of talented artists that have been commissioned to paint gorgeous graffiti walls or just like funky colors on walls or sayings or whatever. I don't know. Find something that's appealing to you and, um, incorporate that into your photo. You'll want to do a little bit of research before like trekking off to do this because you want to know what colors are in your graffiti wall that you'll be using. And you want to make sure that your outfit choices do not clash with the colors in that graffiti wall. Otherwise, it's going to make for a very busy and very unappealing photo. But at the same time, you also don't want to match to the point where you're blending in nope. like camouflage. You, you don't want to do that Complementary colors. Mm -hmm. Also, with your graffiti walls, you are going to want to take advantage of your depth of field and maybe practice blurring out that background a little bit um, so that everything is not so... Bold and in your face, plus people and outfit choices. Yeah. So on the topic of outfits and everything, if you're doing a graffiti wall, would you recommend more of solids versus prints? I would, just because I would have an easier time doing that. But if you and then you get the contrast because mm -hmm. the busyness is in the background and not everything. Yes. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> anything else about graffiti walls? No. Don't paint on the graffiti walls. Don't create your own unless no. you own the unless exactly. it's your property. If it's your property, knock yourself out. But <laughs> don't start tagging buildings just so you can do your family photos. No, don't do that. Also, don't destroy somebody else's art. Jessica, number nine. Local landmarks. These are really fun to incorporate into your family photos. Um, they give you a visual representation of the area that your family is from or maybe the area that your family is on vacation at. So like we have, we live in Michigan and one of the biggest landmarks here is the Mackinac Bridge. It's, there's a lot of places when you're near the bridge that you can pull off the road and stop and take a family photo and get that bridge in the background. I was going to say closer to home, we've got lighthouses. Actually, yeah. we're lucky at our, in our town, we have two lighthouses on, yep. the, on the North Pier. So you want to incorporate that into the photo. You can put it in the background and put your family in the foreground. And it's it doesn't have to be like you standing right next to it to incorporate it. It can be in the background. Um, but it, it is there for the viewer of your photo to see. And you can say, oh, yeah, that's the lighthouse in St. Joe, Michigan. Or that's the Magnar Bridge. That's so cool. You're in South Bend. You get the Golden Dome on Notre Dame's campus or yeah. Touchdown Jesus. If you're in the UP up at Michigan Tech, obviously you'd want to go up to the Quincy Mine in Hancock, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the, their known landmark up there. There's all sorts of landmarks all Absolutely. over the place. So just think about the area that you're in and what you want to have be part of the story of your photo and, and get it in there somehow. So Fishtown up in the Lelong Peninsula or Frankenmuth, if you're trying to go for that Bavarian Oktoberfest kind of feel, you know, whatever. You really like that theme. Uh, that, that is the theme <laughs> tonight. But, you know, there's something in every little town, every location, I mean, every part of the country, every part of the world, there is something special locally. Use Absolutely. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And on this, uh, on this top 10 list of tips for locations, what is number 10? Your own house. Really? Yeah. Seriously. Incorporate your own house into your family photos. 
Um, there is no guarantee that you're going to continue living in the same house forever. People move, they get new jobs, they have to relocate um, or upsize, downsize. Absolutely. Whatever. Like It's not laterally move across town to something the same size. Maybe you grew up in the same house your entire childhood and teen years and your parents still live there. But maybe next year is the year where they decide it's time for us to have a smaller house. We are selling this big family home that we've had for 30 some odd years and we're moving to a tiny apartment like you and your family are going to miss that house so incorporate it into you your family photos tiny house living and went to hell with this and see get something <laughs> bigger or get divorced <laughs> right um i want to see that reality okay. show but like you can have it in the background you can Maybe you are super into your yard and you do a lot of landscaping throughout the year and it's gorgeous. Stick your kids in the middle of that and take their pictures there so you can show it off to everybody and say, this is my favorite rock in the whole yard. Aren't my kids cute sitting piled up on top of it or something? I don't know. Whatever it is. Or maybe you're really into gardening and you have a beautiful collection of different colors of hydrangeas and you uh, really want to show the them off. tree that explodes in color every autumn? Oh, yeah. We had that um, Japanese maple in our house, in the front of our house in Virginia. And it was one of my favorite things to photograph our kids by every fall because it turned into a fiery red bunch of gorgeousness. And it Even the dogwood nicely. that was in our yard in Virginia, which looked beautiful, photographed very well, stunk to high heaven. Good grief. Yep, yeah, it did. But it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty. As long as it's not a scratch and sniff photo. <laughs> yeah, just use what's around. Use what's on your property. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, but as they say in the infomercials, but wait, there's more. You've got two bonus items on this top 10 list. I do. So, Jessica, what is number 11 on your top 10 list? Number 11 is actually a photo booth setup. So this can you can make this as complicated or as easy as possible or as complicated (laughs) as you want as complicated or as easy as you want you can use a blank white wall in your house you can set up you can buy like a white sheet and hang it from a curtain rod you can get um white fabric from the local fabric store and use it as a background can you do black or gray or use whatever color you want a solid color is probably going to work best but whatever tickles your fancy or if you are like me and you've dabbled in indoor photography and you have access use a uh, a seamless sheet of photo paper and a background stand um it's a little bit more pricey to do it that way but editing wise it's easier anyways so then grab some fun accessories like oversized sunglasses or party hats or something or maybe you want to use a theme maybe you and your family are going to do um something like the ugly christmas sweaters and in your photo booth setup or Everybody's in a bathing suit or something ridiculous. Everybody's in a sweatshirt for their university or high school or elementary school. Yeah. Just go with a school jeans and a sweatshirt. That's a great idea. Um, just something. And have like a little prop from your school. A little, one yeah. of those little pennants. And even if it's one, you just print it out and mm-hmm. you cut out. So the Stick little, it on a stick. Yeah. The triangles on a stick with your school name. Um, It's just, it's a lot of fun. It can be a really fast and easy way to take a family photo. We did mustaches one Christmas. We totally did mustaches. It was great. Now, uh, we didn't have Kid 4 yet. Kid 3 was 1. I think he was 2. I think he was... Was he 2 or is he... Yeah, he might... I don't know. He might have been 1, 1, almost 2. Anyway, he had trouble holding the stick by his mouth, so we ended up just taking a piece of masking tape, (laughs) rolled it over, and just taped it to his top lip. 
Yep. And then, of course, they made him like scrunch up his face and make a little face, which went perfectly with the little mustache we put on him. Yeah, it was so funny. He looked like a stuck up little he looked like an British man from the 1850s. <laughs> I don't know. So you can have lots of fun with this idea and make it your own and it'll be a fast, easy, easy way to get those family photos knocked out and ready for your Christmas card or whatever kind of card you're sending or just send the photo. Yay. Yay. <laughs> What's your other bonus item? Okay, Jeez, my other... You're getting hungry over yeah. here. It's a, like the last episode, it was like stomach growls all through Sorry. the whole thing. And this one, it's picking up. Um, my last one is not necessarily a specific location, but it is a very specific type of photography. And that is silhouettes. So for this, you are going to need a bright background and you're going to need to... Bright, how, like bright color, bright light? Um, you're going to want more of a brighter lit background. So think standing on top of a hill in front of an open sky. And you're going to want it to be fairly bright. Um, so if you did a sunset, you want the sun setting behind you? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, or if you go in the middle of the daytime, you'll be able to so expose the photographer, to the sky. Photographer and... shooting into those yes. light source. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're going to expose for the sky so that it's nice and, and bright. What? Sorry, it's been a long day, so. And then you're going to underexpose your subjects so that they turn a black shadowy color. You're not going to be, you don't want to be able to see their faces or the type of clothing that they're wearing or anything. You're just looking for the shape of the person. You know, with uh, the way sensors are getting on camera phones or cell phones and everything, is there anything in post-production you can do to help it along if those details are still showing up? So if you're taking this on your phone, which you absolutely can do, um, you're going to want to go into your, your photo album area and you'll click on the picture you're using. And then you'll click the edit button. This is on an iPhone. I'm just going to walk you through it. Um, so you, once you hit the edit button, you'll see all these little circles. Um, and it's got an auto and then it's got an exposure and a brilliance and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you'll see those little circles with all the edit buttons. Um, you'll want to bump up your exposure for the background and it should darken your foreground of your subject. Um, your brilliance, you want to, oh, I didn't play with that. Your contrast, you'll want to pull that all the way up to the end, to the right side. Um, your brightness, you're going to pull that down. Your shadows, you're going to pull that all the way down to the left side. And your highlights are also going to be pulled all the way down to your left side. And so is the brilliance that will be pulled all the way to the left side. That should uh, sort of brighten the background and really darken the foreground of your image. You can fuss with it and get it just right for your liking. Um, but yeah, you can absolutely do that on an iPhone. The fun thing about doing silhouettes is that you can all vogue your little hearts out and strike a pose and you just get the shape of your subjects. So you can form hearts with your arms and you can spell words with like body letters. YMCA. You can totally do the YMCA. Whatever you can think of, you can make happen with shapes and shadows. Get creative. You could spell your last name. You could totally do that. It's great fun. I love a good silhouette once a year. So awesome. So yeah. that's your top 10 with two bonuses for lo- tips for locations for family photos. Mm-hmm. All right. That's your first list. Woohoo. Let's do the second list. Okay. All right. How are you doing over there? My throat's getting a little froggy. A little froggy. I don't usually well, talk let's run through much. this one. It's another top 10 list. Top 10 tips for better photos. Yes. 
So in addition to location, 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 and keep saying location 12, so you get 12 of them. <laughs> these are your top 10 tips for better photos in general, in addition to just location. Yeah. Jessica, what is number one on these top 10 tips so that you can have these awesome photos of your family? Number one is coordinating outfits, coordinating colors, not matching. Okay. You do not want to all be wearing white shirts with blue jeans. You don't all want to be wearing khakis with white shirts because what's going to happen. You don't want the family uniform? No. Because what's going to happen is you're all going to stand close together and you're going to look like a giant white blob with a brown bottom half with a bunch of heads sticking out and arms or going all over the could place. could be a blue bottom half if you're wearing jeans. Right. It could be blue. Um, we have a family photo where everybody was supposed to wear blue. And we look like a giant blue blob with a whole bunch of heads. There's a history of that in my family. We have one we did when I was in middle school where we had to wear blue jeans and some sort of bluish colored shirt, sweater, whatever. And it's a blob of shades of blue. Yeah. And then, of course, that was the follow-up family photos where everyone was supposed to wear navy blue with khakis. It's a blob of navy blue and khakis. It's too much. Also, everybody... You lose... You you see some heads of the kids in... Yeah. In the blob of blue. Everybody in your family is not the same. Why would you dress everybody in your family exactly the same? Like, use your outfits to display your personalities. Also, the more colors, the more fun. Yeah, but don't go crazy. No, with it. You, don't you don't want to be crazy. the you don't want to be the one kid wearing uh, neon yellow, or everyone else is wearing earth tones. Yeah. So what I really like telling my clients is, if they're family of four, um, maybe pay, you've got um, a younger whatever the youngest child is, pick out a sort of statement piece for them. So let's say it's a girl because it's easier with girls. There's lots of printed dresses in the world. Um, Put that little girl in some sort of printed dress. Maybe it's got flowers on it and it's got three or four colors. You've got the background, like the base color of the dress, and then the flowers are one color and the leaves are another color and the center of the flower is another color. You can then take that dress and pull those colors that are in that dress out and maybe... Your son is wearing a navy shirt to go with whatever is happening in there. And your husband is wearing a yellow shirt. And maybe you're wearing a maroon dress or something. I don't know. Somebody else is wearing a green, the green that ties into the dress. Exactly. But you're pulling the colors that's in that printed fabric out. And that is what everybody is wearing. And your outfits are going to just flow together so nicely. And you're also going to be like... Mom is in, you can clearly see all of mom. She is well-defined in her own little outfit and color over here. Meanwhile, dad is also well-defined in his very own color and outfit over here. Or if you don't like that idea, pick two to four colors that you do like and everybody can pick various pieces. So maybe like white and um, like, uh, like a teal color and black and white. Everybody can pick those colors and find things that match, and your picture will be nice and cohesive. But you would definitely just say keep them within the same palette. Yeah. Earth tones. Everybody earth tones. Yep. Or everybody pastels. Or yeah. everybody Crayola box of eight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or everybody neon if you want to recreate the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to keep in mind with your family photo outfit choices, don't wear shirts with giant logos. Don't wear shirts or any sort of clothing with like a catchphrase on it or something because what's going to happen is your Frankie says says relax. One, yeah, you're gonna date your photos for starters, but also if you are wearing an obnoxious logo, 
that is what your eye is going to be drawn to first in that picture. It's not going to be so all of your cute, smiling the... faces. It is going to be, oh, look at that giant swoosh on his shirt. Check like, it out. They're sponsored by Under Armour. Right. Or Ralph Lauren. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. The little polo dude is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. So just be aware of that sort of, Tommy. sort of thing. Also, you probably don't want to have somebody wearing polka dots and another person wearing a gigantic plaid and stick them right next to each other. When was the last time you saw somebody wearing either Echo or FUBU? Are they still in business? I have no idea. It used to be it was everywhere. You saw that rhino from Echo. Jesus Christ. And you would see the, the FUBU gear. Yeah. What was it? 08 was the number that went with it or something? I I don't know. I haven't seen it in forever. And we're all happy about that. But you see a lot more Puma and Adidas now. Right. Yeah. Um, I just, it's something I tell my clients. It's something to keep in mind, especially if you're going for that timeless family photo look. Big giant logos are generally not part of that. So. <laughs> but if you want to date it... <laughs> <laughs> have at it there you go. or if your thing really is like we're gonna wear all the logo gear we have for our family photo and everybody is doing it then it could be like a funny thing but in general you are going to want to avoid doing that okay mm-hmm. is that it for coordinating also, outfits um one more tiny thing about outfits when you're picking things to wear make sure that you are picking clothing that is comfortable for you to be in because there's nothing worse than showing up isn't that number two on your list um no. Pretty it's on the version I got. Oops. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Yo, well, let's just roll with it. Okay, but, but so number one is coordinating outfits, <laughs> and number two is comfy. Is wearing comfy clothing, clothing that you can move in. Um, there is nothing worse than like picking this amazing outfit and then you put it on to go to your photo shoot and you get there and you're like, oh God, I have to have my stomach sucked in this whole time to make this shirt lay flat and like how many or times have we really, had really kids stiff fabric and it's just oh, kids who had it we're like we have to wear your dress shoes for this photo and they're so uncomfortable that the kid is just making this grimace mm-hmm. they're just in pain and it shows through in the yes. photo your uh, yeah, photo your discomfort is absolutely going to shine through so make sure you're trying on those clothing pieces beforehand and you're moving like strike a pose go run around your room do something and make sure that it moves well Vogue, whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, there's not much more to say, though. I mean, comfy clothes no. is comfy clothes and test it out. So item number three, then, on your top ten list for better fo- family photos. Fill the frame of your photo. Do not go to a gorgeous park and put your family right here and then the rest of the picture is okay, like all scenery. kinds of uh hand movements i know here. okay so you're you're going to want to get close to your subject okay you don't want to be shooting from so far back that you can't see anybody's face that's that's too far unless your goal is to just to take a landscape photo in which case take your family out and then do that later um but you need to get close to your family with either a um a full body shot portrait or a uh, like a mid chest up portrait or three quarters. Right, I don't know. I gotta ask. Yeah. Since last summer you had a fisheye lens and we yeah. did one, and relatively speaking to compared to your other photos you do and your other family portraits you've done for us, mm-hmm. uh, that one is a lot more scenery in it with the sky and the sand. It is. Um, that was a very specific look that I was going for. I realize that, and I'm not making fun of you, but I'm just I'm not criticizing you but just pointing out that especially since i think i've already posted it on our instagram before so, you know you're giving this advice and if someone comes across and going what the hell lady but that doesn't tie in so here's your chance to explain yourself 
Yeah. If you're going for a specific artistic look, there's always um, exceptions to the rules. Just like the other part to this uh, number three is to use the rule of thirds. Well, sometimes you're just going to break the rule of thirds and you're going to stick your subject right in the middle and it's going to be amazing. Rule um, of thirds, you spoke about this in a previous episode. I have, I can't off the top of my head remember which one, but what is the real rule of thirds since we're doing a photography episode? You break your frame down into a grid. Uh, you've got your top portion, your middle portion, and your bottom portion. And then there are two... Um, vertical lines. On the iPhone, it usually does this for us. Yeah, there's like right? a grid option that you can turn on and off. Um, but the general idea of the rule of thirds is you want to place your subject into one of those areas where the lines intersect because it will help draw your eye and help you compose the image very in a very lovely way. But again, there's always exceptions to the rule and sometimes it's okay to break that rule. Okay. And then with the filling the frame... I mean, obviously, you want some of that scenery in your frame. You do. That's why you pick the pretty location. But you don't... You don't want the family to be like a Where's Waldo hidden yeah, in the distance? you don't. Unless um, that's what you're going for and you break the rule because that's what you want to do. And you right. guys are all dressed in red and white stripes. Actually, that'd be kind of funny. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Get some round glasses. <laughs> Especially if you have a family pet. Mm-hmm. And then somebody dresses as a wizard. Yeah, it'd be great. All right, but I think people get the point. So what's number four of your top 10 tips for better photo family photos? Time of the day so that you can have the best light. The best light does not happen at 12 o'clock in the afternoon when the sun is high in the sky. The best light happens when the sun is low in the sky. So think sunrise and sunset. That is going to give you the most magical golden light. It is also going to provide... Um, Longer shadows, which are very flattering to facial features, as well as body shapes. Um, and it's just, it's going to even out your skin tones and make things really, really, really nice. So um, a really simple way of illustrating this is actually if you have a flashlight and you go into your bathroom in a dark bathroom and stand in front of the mirror. If you just take that flashlight and shine it right above your head so that the light is shooting down on your face. And look in the mirror at what happens and you will see that you have gigantic circles underneath your eyes on the sides of your nose coming down to your lips. And if you have any sort of like smile lines in your mouth, um, those are going to be drastically enhanced by that light. Same as the shadow underneath your chin. Um, so that will sort of give you an idea of what you're going to get at uh, high noon outside. Don't do it. Take that same flashlight and move it farther away and over on the right side as well as on the left side and you will see the shadows start to move in more flattering ways in the you air. know i was thinking lighting aside midday <laughs> one your photo shoot is now standing between people and lunch yeah and i've learned you know i may not be a professional photographer like you but i've given enough presentations and talks to know that you don't want to be the speaker that stands between a room full of people and food nope and ditto for nap if you've got Tiny kids. Tiny people in the photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they are still nappers and they nap after lunch, you're you're on the the glide pattern into nap time. Yep. And also now you're expecting them to do things and pose and cooperate. And yeah, odds aren't in your favor. Nope. Well, then, you know, we, we live on the Sunset Coast and we've done lots of sunset photos. And you've done plenty with your clients, but also with the family and the cross-country team. But we also experimented and we did sunrise photos 
so that the sun was coming up over the dunes, illuminating us, but also illuminating the lake, the lighthouses behind us, and we were looking at the sun, mm-hmm. whereas the sunset one, plus it was more forgiving because as we went on, the sun just went higher and higher and obviously it was less, yeah. you know, less ideal. But when we do sunset ones, one, the, you're shooting into the sun. Yeah. And when it turned us really into silhouettes, but also there's just, you know, if we run out of time, it's pitch black. Right. And the camera that I currently have is not, doesn't do so well <laughs> yeah. in pitch black dark. Um, but the other part to that is with sunrise um, versus sunset. So the beaches are fairly empty here at sunrise. Sunset, they were always packed. They are always packed. We have everybody's like, oh, I'm going to go watch the sunset over Lake Michigan with we're the lighthouse. Go for long walks and on the beach be and hold hands and, and photobomb everyone's photos. Right. And it is all of that. And it's lots of fun. But sunrise, there is nobody else on it. Maybe one or two other people. Yeah, on some the beach random with dude you. with a metal detector or somebody out for a long walk looking for beach glass. Yeah. They're going to stay out of your way. You're going to have the entire beach to yourself to do whatever you want. For a good amount of time, um, because one, people are still in bed, and two, it's cold at the beach in the morning. Well, relatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Number five, though, on this top ten list uh, for better family photos, Jessica, what is your number five tip? The placement of your subject in relation to the light. So unless you are going for a silhouette, you are going to want to have your light source be in front or to the side of your subject, not behind your subject. So this is behind the yeah, photographer. You want to have the behind sun the behind the photographer okay. so that your subjects are very well lit. Otherwise, you're going to get underexposed subjects. And it's why do you keep the, laughing every the, time we talk about light? Because No, just because uh, depending on the uh, the family, they might be lit. Yeah, that could make for an interesting photo shoot mm-hmm. if we've had a few drinks. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. That's it. Just watch your lighting <laughs> so that your subject is well lit and you don't have a lot of stuff to do post-production of your photos. You, know, you don't turn them into a silhouette unless you're trying to turn unless them into a Unless you're trying for it and then in which case flip that advice. Mm-hmm. Groovy. Number six. Check the weather uh, like a fiend uh, leading up to the week of your or hmm. check the weather nonstop the week of your photo shoot, especially the couple of days beforehand, because I know here our weather changes drastically every hour, it seems. Um, and leading up to it, you know, it'll say, oh, Saturday, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. But maybe Friday afternoon. Oh, just kidding. It's not going to rain anymore on Saturday. Or I've definitely going to want to look at that hourly forecast yeah. and not just the, oh, for the day. I've had um, it be the case where I was going to take senior photos, this kid on a farm at sunset and leading up. It was it was great. It was great. It was great. And then 45 minutes before it was time to go to the farm, it started raining. And I was like, OK, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. I was staring at the radar and I was like, it looks like it's going to pass. And then and it was 10 minutes before. And I finally called his mom and I said, you know what? It's not going to happen. I can't take my camera out in this rain. We need to reschedule. And that sucked. Um, but we also had a cross-country one where we were pushing and pushing and pushing our luck. But the nice thing was about it was we got the angry clouds coming across the lake at us. Mm-hmm. But when it started raining, it's like you squeezed in a few more shots. And then it's like, let's get the hell out of here before the lightning shows up. Oh, yeah. That was on the pier. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it had the angry waves coming in. Those were cool. Yep. Uh, crashing up, uh, not overly. I mean, we were no, within the was, area with the guardrail, so we were relatively safe. And right. We were, there were a lot of adults present, too. But uh, we had the waves coming in, but also you could see those clouds on the horizon and where the the front was, and it just made for more dramatic photos. Mm-hmm. But we were definitely in the cars and out of there before the lightning was striking yeah, around us. Yeah, for sure. We want to. And I was safe. standing behind you with my app, going, "Where are the lightning strikes?" <laughs> we definitely we were treating it just like it was a track or cross country practice. So it's, when it's within five miles, we're done and we're out of here. Mm-hmm. You definitely become a amateur meteorologist for sure yep same thing with temperatures temperatures can change drastically (laughs) hour to hour so and especially if you're doing this in the fall because you want to take advantage of those pretty fall colors please pay attention to the weather because there is nothing worse than having a family show up to take pictures and they're freezing their butts off because it is 20 degrees now the sun is shining beautifully but it's 20 degrees and everybody's cold and miserable sucks number seven Okay, number seven, use a tripod or enlist extra family members to shoot your photos. So if you have like an SLR camera or a DSLR camera, um, maybe you have a tripod to go with it. Or even if you have a point and shoot camera, maybe you have a tiny tripod to go with it. Maybe for your cell phone, you got a little tripod. Yeah, we have one. I got a holder, yeah. Um, Or you could use a selfie stick and have a really fun perspective with your photos that way. Um, If you don't have a tripod and you don't want to enlist another family member... Take a, a look around your environment and see what is naturally occurring that you can prop your camera up on or set it on top so that it can shoot at you so that you can be in the photos. Tablet well. holders work great for phones, too. Yep. Um, if none of that is available and you have a family member who is not going to be in your photos or you have a friend who is pretty handy um, with a camera or a phone camera, um, bring them along and have them shoot for you with a little bit of direction from you of what you want. How do you get yourself into all of our uh, family photos? I have a tripod. Lots of Photoshop? I have a tripod. No, I don't do that. I have a tripod and I have a remote that I can attach to my camera. And when we use cell phones and even when we do our our photos before every episode that we record down here, we either use the selfie stick with the remote Mm -hmm. or we just put the timer on it. Yeah. In fact... It never fails. Usually at Christmas, uh, the the batteries in the remote, your remote, your nice camera, are dead because we haven't used it since <laughs> senior photo, Christmas photo season ended right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Christmas and it's like, okay, you set it up, you get everything right. All right, hang on to the remote and it's dead. So then you just do the time delay where you push the button and run over and get into the shot. Yeah. And it works on smartphones, do it too. Absolutely. So you don't need the the super expensive camera to get a nice looking family photo. Nope. Now, obviously, look, the photo you took on your cell phone is not going to compare to something done by a professional. But if you want a decent DIY photo, yeah, you can sure. make a definitely make a really nice looking DIY photo, but it's still a DIY photo and not a professional one. Yep. But it was free. Yeah. And you have the satisfaction of having created it yourself. I made this. Yeah. Yeah. I did this. Yeah. It looks amazing because of me. <laughs> Number eight, Jessica. <laughs> Get those emotions flowing. Um, Make everybody cry ahead of time? Yeah, actually. Um, no, prompts and jokes. So what I mean by that is you don't want to just all be standing together and going, cheese at the camera. 
you can do that. It's fun um, for a little bit. But also you want to see genuine emotion in your photos. And one of the best ways um, that I have for getting my clients to do this is I will throw prompts at them and I will say something like, okay, I'm going to pose you the way I want you and you're not going to move, but you are going to turn and look at the person that is the answer to this question. And I will say something like, who has the stinkiest feet in your family? And usually the kids will all go towards dad. And then I'll say, who takes the longest to get ready? And all the kids will giggle and they'll stare at mom or big sister or something like that. And depending on, I mean, you know your family best, so you can throw in any kind of prompts that are guaranteed that they'll find funny or that suit your family dynamics. Um, but it is going to make some serious giggles happen. And some of the questions that you can throw can be pretty hilarious. Um, and sometimes the answers are unexpected. Like, Whose farts are most likely silent but deadly? Yeah. Um, things like that. You can also throw in like sentimental ones, especially if you're maybe taking, maybe you're, you're taking a father-son picture or mother-daughter picture. Um, maybe the person behind the camera says something like, okay, put your foreheads together and I want you to... Um, look each other in the eye and think about the time when um, your mom comforted you the most or something along those lines. And you'll usually get pretty doughy looks in your teary eyed. Yeah, they're they can be very sweet. They can also be very silly and funny. It just depends on what you're going for. in your. Didn't images. you do one once like put your foreheads together and I want you go to like the <gasps> husband. I want you to lick her nose. No. So what I oh, okay. it's something like it's similar to that. But um. I, I like to, to pose the mom and the dad together because it's nice to have like pictures of the couples themselves versus just like family with kids because you were not always family with kids. You were a couple once. That's how you got the kids. Exactly. Um, so to explain that I on like, the podcast. I like to pose them closely and then I will tell dad, I will whisper in dad's ear and I will say, I want you to draw a shape on your wife's cheek with your nose. It can be any shape in the world. But it's always the same shape. They always pick the same shape. Um, but I don't tell them which shape to pick. But they will then draw it on their wife's cheek. And usually the wife thinks it's hilarious, especially once she figures out what her husband is drawing. Um, and you get some very, very cute pictures of them really close together. And then you get the wife laughing. And it's it's fun. And usually the dad will wind up laughing too. So it's, it's a winner. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a winner? It's a winner. Or it's a wiener. It's always a wiener. <laughs> always. <laughs> I never ask. It's just you can you can tell. Well, yeah, you can see the face, the movement of the face. It's like no, it's it's not that. It's more of the like reaction. The reaction because it starts off really puzzled, and then it dawns on them, and then they just break down in hysterics, and it's so funny. So yeah, that's one of my go tos. <laughs> Anything else to get those emotions and get the, the sillies going? Um, I like to have them do something ridiculous. I think for one of my photo shoots, I had everybody stand as close as possible because I told them we were going to be taking a photo of all of their shoes together in in like in angled form. So like the, first, like the youngest. Yeah. Youngest kid was in front and it led back to like dad because he was the oldest in that family and it. It made them stand like this and then they had to hold it and it just, it was ridiculous and funny and it got them to loosen up and it got those giggles flowing and then we had a really good time after that. Nice. Mm -hmm. Any other ones or that's it for um, this? I think that's this all episode. I'm going to share. All right. 
Then number nine on this top 10 list of for better family photos. Move your bodies. Don't just stand in one place. Um, don't like stand perfectly straight. Like you are going to want to embrace your family. You're going to want to shuffle around. You maybe um what I really like doing with my families, and I give them this direction, I think we've done it too, is we'll have a kid on each arm, and then the kids will spin into us into a giant hug. And um, the spinning is really fun. It gets the kids laughing. Mom and dad are thrown off balance, so they start laughing too, and then you wind up in a big hug all together, and that's when you take the photo. Aww. Yeah. But the point is, you're not just standing still. You are moving around. You're having fun. And that translates well into photos. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Number 10 on this top 10 tips for better family photos. Jessica, what is number 10? The last one. It's edit your photos. You can take a picture and it is fine. You can then take, especially on your phone, um, you can then take the same just fine picture and you can go into edit and you can play with the contrast and the brightness and the levels and all of these really fun things and the saturation of the colors and the vibrance. Um, and you can take that just fine picture and make it really, really nice. Um, so like I said, there's built-in editing tools in the iPhones. I'm sure there's something similar on Androids that we just don't have them. So I don't know about them, but there's also a ton of, um, photo editing apps that you can get. So there's like, and tutorials for everything up the absolutely. wazoo. Um, there's, Photoshop Express and Photoshop Fix and PicTap Go. Um, that is one of my favorite ones. There's Pro Camera and there's Snapseed. And those are just some that I have on my phone because I enjoy using them and I like the outcomes that I've gotten with them. I'm sure there's a million more that you can choose from. Easily. But the point is, is you don't just settle for whatever your camera says. Okay, this is the picture and here it is. And that's, that's that. Like go in and tweak it so that you're popping those colors and you're darkening that contrast. And, or maybe you really like light and airy. So they'll want to um, increase your exposure and up your brilliance and things like that. So yeah, play with it until you get the look that you are looking for. Yay. Yay. Hey, what are we doing for our photos this year? I have no idea. We're all going <laughs> to dress up like mermaids. Ugh. We will be revisiting this then. I assume <laughs> we're not doing these photos in September. Mm. So we got time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something to send out this year. We'll do something fun. Maybe we'll recreate a scene from uh, a, Christmas a Christmas story. story. <gasps> Christmas vacation. It would have to involve a squirrel. Or the, the sh. Ew. Yeah. That sounds yucky. No thanks. Well, that's why that seems funny. But I don't... Mm. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Mm-hmm. All right. But these are uh, two top 10 lists. One of them had an actual 12 on it. <laughs> so this will be probably a first. We can revisit this topic again. You can do more photo tips or people how they can do their DIY. And whether you... Even if you are working with a professional photographer, this can help you with the outfits and... Mm-hmm. Getting ready for that photo shoot, especially if it's one who isn't providing a lot of input on how to show up to the uh, to the shoot. But hopefully they are because the good ones do. I mean, that's part of what you're paying them for. Right. So. But it also gives you something so you can do these shots on your own or like, wow, we're somewhere. It's beautiful. Hey, what's you know, we're out hiking. And we've got this beautiful scenery. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. Yep. You're not going to go turn around like, let me call a professional photographer and have them helicopter out here. And- <laughs> 
<laughs> out into the woods and do the shoot, you know, but you got a phone and that's how you just get those great impromptu photo shoots. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, we'll have to figure out something for us. But in the meantime, uh, I got to get going now. Start slow cooking dinner. Yum. Yum. So this has been another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. We drop episodes Mondays, almost every Monday. This has been episode 80. There are 79 other ones to go back and listen to. Yeah, we're at 80. Wow. wow. Mm. We can go back and listen to them together. No. Aw. Anyway, this one's been fun. <laughs> that one's so fun. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.